glorious and grand. There's none like him. There's none that compares to him. Dee, just keep playing. Reese, just if you'll bring the lights up. Sometimes we need to slow down and just hear. Hear what he's saying. Hear what he's got. To us, personally, individually. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, we don't do hymns much here. But that last one, oh, love of God, how rich and pure. How measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song. The love of God. We're going to start a new series this morning called Finding Him in the Hymns. And we're going to look at some of the classic hymns that's been done in church forever and maybe some things that we've missed along the way. And so as we start this, I want to think about, guess what we're going to think, what we're going to minister to you about today? The love of God. There was a purpose for that. You know, uh, Frederick Lehman he uh, said that the, the words of the third verse of that song was actually found inscribed on the walls of an insane asylum. He says, Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made? I think that's the last slides on there Bobby flash to those could we with ink the ocean filled with the skies of parchment wade where every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade you got to remember where this was written it was an old old poem that, that had been lost for years until they found it written on this wall it says to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though it was stretched from sky to sky can you imagine how much God loves you there's not enough water that could be ink there's not enough sky that could be written upon of how much you were loved by God. First John chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. He loved me. Jeff, he loved me before I ever thought about loving him. He loved me before I ever dreamed about loving him back. His love for me started in eternity. His love for you started in eternity. Way before you were ever a twinkle in anybody else's eye. He loves you. 
He cared about you so much. <clears throat> Verse 16 of the same chapter says this. It says, and we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. See, love will always seek to find an expression. I'm always looking for some way to tell Dee I love her. She may not like all the ways I could come up with. <laughs> but God always seeks to, love will always seek to find an expression. God always, and the greatest expression that he ever found was to lay his life down for us. The greatest expression... He designed us in his image. So we are designed to be love. We are designed to receive love. We are designed to give love. We're designed to be love. God loves you, folks. Let me listen, listen to me. He loves you. He doesn't just tolerate you. He's, he's not just putting up with you because you're, he has to. You know, we, got, we all got those people. We love them because we have to. All of those people in our families, we, we've got somebody that we love them, but given the opportunity, and if the roles were reversed and it was something else, I probably wouldn't love you as much. But God doesn't just tolerate you. He's not just putting up with you. He, he's, he's, he's not just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this just so I, because it's just who I am. But you got to remember, his DNA is love. I don't care what you've heard about God. I don't care what everybody else has tried to tell you about him. I don't care how much judgment they've tried to put in his eyes. <laughs> he loves you. He's not tolerating you. He's not just putting up with you. It's who he is. God is love. And the thing about it is, is he made you for his pleasure. He made you for his enjoyment. He loves you so much that he actually wants to spend time with you. He loves talking to you. He loves being with you. He loves touching you. He loves hearing you talk. He loves the funny things you say. He likes the funny things you do. He really does love you. But I do all this bad stuff and I got all this stuff wrong. Welcome to humanity. Welcome to something that, that, that we, we're, we're constantly in this state of trying to fight this old nature. But because I'm trying to fight old nature, Ed, it doesn't mean God doesn't love me. And because I'm trying to get through something, it doesn't mean God doesn't love me. And Zach... Just because I fall and I repent and I fall and I repent and I do it again and again and again and again, I wonder how long he's actually going to put up with me. He still tells me, I love you. Because it does, nothing I do changes his mind about his love for me. Nothing you do changes his mind about how much he loves you. He cannot change his mind about you. All he thinks about when he thinks of you is how much he loves you. All he cares, let's go to Romans. 
uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Romans, Revelation. Go to Revelation. Oh, y'all ready? Everybody freaks out when you go to Revelation. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and were created. And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. For God's pleasure, you as a created thing. Dr. Ruth, you're a created thing. And he created you for his pleasure. I want you to get an understanding today of how much God really loves you. He created you. All things, that includes you thing. That includes me thing. That includes thing one and thing two. That includes things red and things blue. All things are created for his pleasure. Did you know that God takes pleasure in you? Well, now wait a minute. Nobody wants to hear all this good stuff. Why? It's who he is. It's who we've lost sight somehow that God is love and that we were created for his pleasure and that nothing I do will change his love for me. Now that doesn't, listen, I always love my kids. That doesn't mean I'm always happy with my kids. That doesn't mean I always approve of what my kids do, Galen. But it never changes my love for them. It never changes how much, folks, I want you to understand. See, I think there's people in here today that it's time that you quit putting yourself down and thinking, I'm not worthy and I've messed it up and I've blown it too much. I'm here to tell you, if we're going to find him in the hymns, it's the love of God. Redeeming grace for Adam's race, pardoned from all sin. He loves you and he has not wanting to change that. <laughs> that word pleasure there. I mean, if, you're, if you have a, a translation that says you were created for his will, that's not a bad translation because it does mean will. Okay? But that word will is not a full definition of it either because the word pleasure means will. Not to be conceived as a demand. So you weren't, you weren't created because he demanded but as an expression or an inclination of pleasure towards that which is light. Wait a minute, God not only loves you, he likes you. Yeah, but I gotta change this, James, and I gotta change this, and I gotta do this right in my life, and I gotta get this straight. Yeah, there's probably things in all our lives we gotta get straight, but he not only loves you, he likes you. It's an expression of the thing that he created. He's an expression of, the, of things which is like that which is pleases, pleases, that which is pleasing. I love that definition. It goes on to say that which creates joy. How much does God love you? He loves you so much it creates joy just to know you're breathing, just to know you're here. Why? Why have we been so many years beating ourselves up? Yeah, but I keep doing stuff wrong and I keep sinning. Okay, stop. 
Hey, Sandy, it's as easy as that. But I want you to know something. He still madly overheals in love with you. He likes you. And it created joy in him. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1 to create you. Last time I checked, people always talk about the gospel. What does gospel mean? Say it louder. Good news. The gospel's good news. So why don't we enjoy it? Let's enjoy this. He said before, he he told Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you in the womb, there was already a relationship there. Your relationship with God, whether you like him or not, started in eternity. Try that over here. These guys are getting it. Your relationship with God began in eternity. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. And he tells Jeremiah, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Now, the word tells me that there's no respecter of persons with God. In other words, he doesn't like John more than he likes Perry. Okay, so if he doesn't like John more than he likes Perry, he doesn't love Jeremiah more than he loves me. So if he knew Jeremiah... In eternity, guess who else he knew? See, your relationship with God didn't start the day you said yes to salvation. Your relationship with him started in eternity. That's why we're we're being born into this again. Hmm. He can't not love you because he has always known you. And it was his pleasure to create you. It brought him joy. Folks, I think we need to start telling people that God has an intimate knowledge of them. And after birth, he didn't, there was not something happened in our lives that all of a sudden God changed his mind about you. Are you with me this morning? He didn't all of a sudden change his mind. When I committed my first sin, he still didn't change his mind. When I, created, when I committed the greatest sin I ever created, David, he still didn't change his mind. <laughs> I've, you all have heard my salvation story. You've heard about me. The moment I prayed a prayer to Satan and said, I've seen what he's got. Let's see what you got. And became a person that people didn't know and didn't like and were afraid of. For those of you that haven't heard my testimony, so when, when mutual friends of mine and Dee's heard we were getting married, they went to her and said, I can't believe you're marrying him. He's evil. He never quit loving me. He didn't quit loving me then. When I hung around with some friends that were all into witchcraft and Satanism and everything else, he didn't quit loving me then. 
when I was doing everything else that was wrong, he didn't quit loving me then. And the night that he decided to come back and he said, when, when I had to fake a fight with my mom to get off the phone, all because she said, did you go to church today? You know what he said to me? You're rotten, you're dirty, you're filthy. And if you don't give yourself to me, I'm going to torture you for eternity. I wish I could say that's what he said to me. All he said, see, she's heard it a thousand times now. All he said to me was, you know what you need. See, love will always chase you down. Love is going to find you no matter where you've tried to hide and what you've tried to cover yourself. And he said, I said, yeah, I need to go into another room. And I went into another room. Some of you've heard this. And I walked into that other room and there was this voice right in my spirit. And you know what he said? You're dirty, you're rotten, you're filthy. Get it right. Nope. He said, you know what you need. I said, yeah, I need to go to bed. And I ran upstairs and ran into my bedroom. But love was there too. And I ran in my bedroom and he said, you know what you need. I said, yeah, I need to go sleep in another room. <laughs> Folks, I'm not lying to you. This is the conversation of, of, of my, the night. And I went to the other, it was the last bedroom in the house. Everybody, somebody was in the rest of the bedrooms. I couldn't go anywhere else, Brenda. I ran in there and he said, you know what you need. You can't outrun love. You can't outrun him. David said, where can I go to get away from your spirit? If I ascend to the heights of heaven, you're there. If I fake my bed in hell itself, you're there. You can't escape. He loves you so much, he'll pursue you till the very end of everything. Because if he didn't, it goes against his own self. His own creation. Yeah, but how does he really feel? <laughs> See, we can hear all this good stuff, and that's the question. You know why? Because we do our relationships that way. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But how do you really feel? Didn't I just tell you 15 times? I love you. I love you. Because we're insecure doesn't mean he is. <laughs> He's secure in this love. We're the ones that became insecure. And so Dee asked me, just tell me how you really feel. I told you. She'll always come to me, angel, and say, well, how does this look? And being a man... If you're unmarried in here, men, listen, don't answer this way. How do I look? It's fine. Well, I don't want to look just fine. Fine. No, here, uh, Dee was a teacher for 15, 16 years. I don't know. Her, her idea is this. Fine is a C. I don't want to be a C. <laughs> But because of our insecurity, we treat God the same way. God, do you love me? Yeah. I, hear, I read these scriptures, God. Do you love me? We treat, it, it, it's like we've went, we've went out and grabbed the spiritual flower. He loves me, he loves me not. 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 
Remember, you used to do that. And if you didn't get the answer you wanted, what did you do? You started over. We do God the same way, trying to figure out if he loves us. And he has gone out of his way to say, my whole being is love towards you. You bring pleasure to me. I created you in joy. I created you. Not only do I love you, but I like you. But how does he really feel? Well, folks, I'm going to tell you, God is passionate about people. And you as people. He's passionate about you. Song of Solomon. Everybody knows the Song of Solomon is a picture of God's love for us, right? If you try to read that any other way, you're going to get... (laughs) She said it, not me. It's going to get weird. But it is a picture of how God loves us. And the love between us and our Father. But in Song of Solomon chapter 4 verse 9, he says, You have ravished me. You have ravished my heart. This is what the bridegroom said. We're called the bride of Christ, right? The bridegroom says, You have ravished. Man, that's some deep words there. You have ravished my heart. My sister, my bride. You have ravished my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. The original language of that, when he says ravished, it was actually, you have stolen my heart. Man, that's what God says when he looks at you. You have stolen my heart. Man, if you have not given this God this chance, I don't care what you've been told about him. This is who he is. And he is absolutely overhead, over heels in love with you. He says, you have ravished my heart, my sister, my bride. You have ravished my heart with one glance of your eyes. Just to look at him steals his heart. Oh, folks. We want to find him Find him and how much he loves you. Find him and know that he pursues you. Folks, (laughs) we've, we've brought the world a God that is, we've not brought him our, our bridegroom. We've brought him a judge, we've brought him a judge, a disciplinarian that stands way far back in judgment of everything we do. But do you realize when Adam and Eve first partook of the fruit, God wasn't hiding from, he didn't come down and go, Ugh, you're disgusting to me. He didn't, he, he didn't go down and say, you're filthy now. What's wrong with you? It was always Adam that hid. God didn't God's not afraid, hear me, hear me. God is not afraid of our sin. And he is not disgusted with me because I do disgusting things. Doesn't mean he has to, now here's what you, you're just saying you can go out here and do anything you want to do. I didn't say that at all, did I, Zach? He doesn't have to approve of everything I do to continue to love me. 
He's not, he didn't run from Adam and Eve. He went looking for him. He went down in the cool of the evening and said, hey, Adam, where you at? It's time for our walk. He knew all along. He did, he, you can't hide from God. God still showed up for the walk. He still showed because love will always pursue you. He will spend eternity pursuing you. He said, Adam, it's time to take a walk. Hey, Adam. And just like all of us, we run and hide from the very one that loves us despite what we've done. See, you can, you can hurt me, and, I, and I'm human. I'm going to try my best, Pastor Dave, to love you. But there may come a time when you hurt me bad enough, I just might not love you anymore. And I wish I could say that wasn't me, but let's be real. We're human. I'm trying to be as God-like as possible. But I'll tell you, there's one thing about God. He will never, ever stop. And rather than be like Adam and run from the one who can fix it, I run and I hide. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. <laughs> he didn't run away from them. The Lord called to him and said, where are you? Even when we sin, he still pursues us. Now, I feel like I have to say this because I get this all the time. You don't know how much in the community this gets back to me. People think I don't hear, but I do. Well, you say anybody can sin and you can make it. I didn't say, I've never said that. If you've been here long enough, you know that. But I will tell you this, no matter how big you sin, you still didn't change God's love for you. You can't. <laughs> Go to Luke chapter 19. How do I know this is how big God loves me? Luke chapter 10 verse 19. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to say, you know what that word seek means? He's, I'm not going to get there yet. Don't go there yet, Bobby. He's pursuing you. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, the word seek there actually means to search for something that is very vulnerable and precious until finding it. In other words, you don't quit searching. You keep looking because the thing needs you. It's vulnerable. You keep going after it and you keep, God will never quit chasing you. So why are you running? Man, if you don't know this God, this is who he really is. This is who he is. Well, what about judgment and all that stuff? We're not, we're not there. That's way, 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 way off. And I can actually show you in, in the book of John where he said this is the judgment of the world. Jesus' cross was the judgment on the world. Oh, I won't go there. <laughs> he said he came just to search for something precious until you find it. I love what the last part of this is. It is to crave the object that is desired. So the Son of Man, Jesus, came because he craves 
relationship with you. In all your mess, in all your dirt, in all your filth, and every time you blew it, and every time you promised him, you would never do it again. He craves relationship with you. The hunt. Let me me tell you, y'all want to hear a story? We first moved here in 2017, and I was so excited, Brenda. You know why, Vicki? Because Ohio has white castles and West Virginia don't. (laughs) Man, I was fired up. We decided one day, Dee and I, and I think Reese was with us, we decided one day we're going to go track down a white castle. Look it up. There's one in Zanesville. Yes, that's close enough. I get in the car and I drive. I drive. You know where I ended up? On top of a mountain out by the airport in Zanesville where their cold storage is. I tell you, I was tempted to break into a place at that time. I was already I went there hungry. But see, I craved it so bad, I was willing to travel. I thought, why am I going to the top of this hill, Brent? Why am I driving to the top? And I pulled up on that parking lot, and I was so mad. But my cravings took me farther than I ever thought I would go. And when he says he seeks you, He craves relationship with you so much that it will take him as far as he can go. The word save there is the word sozo. The word sozo, it's, it's more than just to save. It does mean to save, but it means to keep safe and sound. It means to rescue from danger or destruction. To save a suffering one from disease and restore health. This is what God wants for you. To deliver from the penalties of messianic judgment. (laughs) To deliver from the penalties. God loves you so much. He is going, he craves you so bad. He is going to chase you down just so you never have to see judgment. He never wants judgment to be a part of your life. Are you still with me? He pursues you even when you don't realize it. How do do we know this? How do I know? How can I honestly say that God pursues us and we don't even think about it? How many in here has heard the story of the parable of the lost coin? Did the coin do anything to find itself? It just laid in the floor being lost. Oh, you're missing that. It laid in the floor being lost. And the one who lost it craved it so bad that they swept every corner until they found the one. Remember the parable of the lost sheep? The sheep didn't know it was lost. I know we've got this weird painting that was in, let me tell you, that was in somebody's mind and somebody decided to put it in the Bible of this little sheep down on a cliff and, you know, he's reaching his hook down there to hook it. It doesn't say that sheep was in trouble. He was just off doing sheep stuff. 
He was just doing sheep stuff, man. He was just, it says, he says he was a lost sheep. That means he was no longer with the pack. He wasn't hanging off a cliff that never gives us that. He was just out doing sheep stuff. But when the shepherd realized that one wasn't in the pack, he left them all to find the one. The one wasn't even trying to find him. God will never quit pursuing you. He will never, because his love for you is so great. He'll never stop. Well, I just, I'll ignore him. I'll ignore him. I'll ignore him. I'll ignore him. You can't ignore him forever. Because he won't stop running. And he won't stop chasing. And he won't stop looking. And let me tell you, it's better in the fold. Romans chapter 5. We're almost there. We got a lot to go on. We got people getting baptized today. We've got a baby to dedicate, right? Real quick, somebody having trouble with their eyes? They're kind of getting blurry. So, all right, anybody else? Okay, another one. Just keep your hands up, please. All right, anybody else? All right, somebody, uh, if you're sitting beside those people, this is how we do things around here. Raise your hands up so somebody knows you're, you're having a deal. Somebody lay hands on them. It doesn't have to be me. I've got, I got a whole row here, right here. Pastor Ted, Zach, go ahead if you got them. Lay hands on these people. Listen, we're in no hurry today. Father, right now, your word, Sozo, says that you came to deliver them. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you're touching these eyesight. I thank you that this blurriness that's happening in this eyesight right now, your love for them is so great. Your sozo over them brings healing from diseases. And I speak the restoration to these eyesights. No more blurry in Jesus' name. Things must change here now. In Jesus' name. Now, wait a minute. You didn't bring everybody up and you, lay, you don't have to. The word says they lay hands on the sick and they recover. doesn't say who they is. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Christ arrives. Now, I'm reading out of the message for this one because it's good. Christ arrives right on time. To make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself this sacrificial death while we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even when we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. Verse 7 We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. See, maybe that's us. We don't think we're worthy of it. We can understand somebody dying for somebody worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use, whatever to him. He pursued me before I ever pursued him. He was chasing me before I ever said yes. In 664, I think it was, Ivy Dale Drive, 
Westerville, Ohio. He was always chasing me down. That's just the place where I decided to quit running. Where's the place you're finally going to quit running? Where's the place you're going to quit running and say, okay, God, I've seen what everybody else had. Let's see what you got. Show me this love. Show me this love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Could we with ink the ocean feel and o'er the skies of parchment made where every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky oh love of God how rich and pure how measureless and strong it shall forevermore saints and angels he loves you and you can't change that about him there's something in us that makes us want to run from it something in us tells us this is too good to be true but I've heard about him doing all this. You've heard about something. But I'm telling you the good news is that he loves you. And sometimes it just takes a him for us to find him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, today we thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you that you're glorious and grand and holy and righteous and just. I thank you that you have called us and chosen us when we didn't call and choose ourselves. And so, Father, as we go forward, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, they don't know you like this, today's the day that they stop running and they find me, Pastor Ted, Pastor D, Pastor Dave, before today's over. And they say, hey, just help me understand him a little more. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.